Hello and welcome to Let the Good Dice Roll, our retrospective podcast on a two and a half year long Exalted campaign where I tried to fit as many fucking anime references into this game as I fucking could. He really did. He really tried. <laughs> uh, joining me tonight as always is Christina and Hi I am guys. Brendan. <laughs> so tonight we're, I know that I said it last game when they flipped, our last episode when they flipped the fucking boat. But tonight, we're also going to get to another one of my favorite episodes. Is it Creation Ruling Mandate? It is Creation Ruling Mandate. I mean, I get to talk about my favorite assassination job that I did. I think this is probably one of my favorite assassination jobs in this one. I think that it is probably uh, your best work to date. I think There's some pretty crazy things, but it's probably ah, my favorite one. Mm, I think it's probably the, my second favorite one. What's your other? Fa- what's your favorite one? The one that happens in Rathus. Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. I didn't have to lift a finger for that one if you're thinking of the one I think uh, of. You had to lift a lot of fingers for that one, but to get to your target. Oh, yeah. My target, yeah. That was, that was me. That was my best social foo, I think, in a while. Yep. That might be your best social foo in the game that was not targeted at the group. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you... After the time skip, you become kind of a, like, mystery to the group. Which is probably helped by the fact that half of the group fucking changes and no one knows your character. It's true. It's true. And, uh, yeah. Being there from the beginning is really weird. Yeah. I was more the information dump at that point, and I'm just going to sit back and let people do what they will. Anyways, getting into this, uh, we're probably going to be able to get through three sessions tonight because they're a little bit shorter. They're some funny stuff, and there's a lot of prep for more of the campaign as we go along with this. So starting off, it was a Sunday, December the 10th of 2017. Raldo steals an airship from Lookshy. Along with the War Strider and a broken War Strider. Oh my god, I totally forgot that he totally did that. He totally took the... I don't know if it mentions it in there. Because I haven't actually looked over these notes. So everything here is going to be a surprise to me tonight. And then we all go back to Sunshade. Okay, so it does not mention it in there where he took the remaining members of the revolution. Not the leaders, but the the actual mortals that had joined the revolution. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, hey, I'm going to steal this airship. How about you all get on here and crew the airship for me? Yeah, that is not mentioned in That here. is not mentioned there. He totally did that. All the, all the dissatisfied Lookshy people got on that airship. And because larceny charms are fucking stupid, Lookshy never, like, got back at you guys. Like, they were just like, yeah, one of ours is missing from the paperwork. Did we build that? I don't know. Who knows? It's... Maybe we were planning to build it, and we just never did, but we're missing a lot. I don't know. Like, he didn't steal the Skywolf, which is their, like, capital ship. Yeah, so that's the main ship. That's their it? main ship. If he had stolen the Skywolf, that would have been, like... It would have been noticeable It would have been noticeable, and you guys would have had a war with Lokshai on your hands. And we don't need that, because I try to stay on the General Council's good side, especially since they don't know I'm a solar. Mm-hmm. They don't learn that for a while. And I don't think they even, even after that one encounter with them, I don't think they, they learned it. We switched over to Godbound, and I... They do learn stuff. it then. They do learn it then. Yeah. You, you're doing some bullshit that, like, nobody else can do. They learn it then. Yeah. That's when they really agree to work with us. Um, I do some... I, well, well, I to, never claimed Storm was a good person. Well, to be fair, <laughs> um, after... Because this happens after the time skip. Yeah. Um... They were kind of in a pickle of, hey, do we side with the people who have been our ally the whole time? Or do we side with pure fucking evil? Like, what? Like, that? that's not a choice. It is a choice. No, no, it isn't. Because that's like when you're playing a JRPG and it, and it gives you the option to say yes or no to someone. And the no just infinitely repeats itself until you say yes. Oh, yeah. Did that just happen to you last night for Dragon Quest? Yes. That is the worst version of that that I've ever seen. I saw one in a game. It, it's a trope called uh, But Thou Must, where in video games where they, like you really can't say no to these these plot-progressing things. Yeah. But I did see one in uh, Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles X on the Wii U. It's not a... I, 
I want to say it's a good game, but it's not ish. I, I just did not enjoy it as much as Xenoblade Chronicles. Like, we, we can have this discussion, but it, it's not super great. It's definitely made for an online presence, which is not there anymore, considering the Wii U is basically fucking dead. But anyway, when you're getting in there, you can literally just keep saying no, and there's like seven different dialogue options from your commanding officer when you say no, and it eventually gets to, by no, you mean... No, I'm not going to not join you on the on the fight to save this planet, right, buddy? Like, it just keeps going if you keep doing it, and it is, it's fucking great. Like, that's the way to handle that, is you have, like, increasingly more hilarious ver ways that the, that the plot gets around you saying yes. So, we got, we have, we have an airship, another airship at this point, technically, um... Wayward gets a message to... This one is an airship that is not just held up by fucking clouds. This one's an actual Magitech airship. Uh-huh. It's an actual shine airship. So Wayward gets a message to come alone to meet uh, from someone, or else this person will start exercising all of his ghosts. Um, okay. And there is a short and blind man with a walking stick, a stick sitting on stage. Uh, he challenges Wayward to a battle during Calibration. Not this one that's coming up, but the one after that. And basically the challenge is for letting the other have the copy of two of the pages of the opera. Right, this is like the... Each, each of them have two pages for it already. Mm -hmm. Out of five. Uh-huh. And um, this is... Um, if the description hadn't given it away, this is the the blind, uh, the unseen guardian of the realm. Yeah, well, it says has a tea ritual, in air quotes, for the ritual thing with the blind guardian. Ah, okay. So, it literally has that listed in there. Now we jump over to Storm, who has one of her people come to her and inform her that Rayton, yes, old mother Rayton, fuck her, uh, is in Rathos. Rathos. Rathus. Yes. In an observatory. Yes. Uh, apparently in the northwest central area, which sounds weird to say, the northwest central area. Rathus was um, a... And something weird is going on there. Yes. So Rathus was a pre-first age Dragon King city. Mm -hmm. um, it was one of the biggest cities uh, before the Primordial War to the point that um, going over the ruins of Rathus and everything, like, you could split it up into quadrants, but then those quadrants have to be split up. It's that fucking big. Yeah, it just, it sounds weird to say the northwest central area. Like, I get it in my headspace, it just, the way to say that just sounds The central weird. area of the northwest quadrant. Yeah, it just says northwest central area. Mm-hmm. Then we go to Percival. So, uh, Percy, there's Digby and the commanders are at the war table. They're working on the G-Bay campaign. And there's concerns with the wild hunt and the campaign. And that the hunt is heading towards G-Bay, returning from the east. Mm-hmm. Then we go over to Behemoth, who's talking to Fadi. Uh, which was his brother, as a reminder. And there's talks about an exalted fighting off a couple dragon-blooded that's trying to take, uh take advantage, I think, of the people in the Halta region. Okay. So after helping Behemoth, uh, he was stuck in the wild for five years. I'm assuming Foddy, in that case. Yes, yes. So one of the things that uh, did not really get brought up is that Foddy is the uh, older brother of Behemoth. Or no, he was the young... He, Air quotes was the younger brother of Behemoth, but because the wild works fucking it's, weird. It's kind of like with our time skip. I'm not going to say why there was a time skip, but with the time skip, I became the youngest sibling. Yeah. Um, so because of all of this and like time skip bullshit, or because of just um, like... Wild fey bullshit. Wild fey bullshit. Um, Behemoth exalted while he was in the wild and Fadi exalted while that he was in the east and basically the thing was is that he no 
He was a Ronin scenario. He didn't have well, a... It even says he was trained by another Ronin out in the East. Okay. Uh, he's no longer... That, that Ronin is no longer with us. Uh, they came for him before Fadi found him, slash Behemoth. Mm-hmm. Him being Behemoth. Right. Uh, the guy the guy that trained him was a Ronin by choice. Or I think Fadi was a Ronin by choice. It just says dude was Fadi Ronin. Fadi was by... a Ronin by choice. It just says dude was Ronin by choice. The other <laughs> dude was a Ronin by choice. Fadi was a Ronin by circumstance. He yeah. never got the opportunity to uh, go up to Yushan and actually do stuff. Uh, he also mentions that he's met the king and says that it's not a fae. It's a warp and twisted old fire elemental. And he knows where another uh, heart card is uh, in Yushan, potentially. Mm-hmm. Then, uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, the warped and twisted fire elemental. That actually becomes That a... actually becomes a thing later on, yep. yep. So, Behemoth is kind of trying to convince Fadi to get trained in Yushan uh, so that he's not a Ronin anymore and it's not an issue of him being and a Ronin. Then, and also, so then you guys have another, like... Because we have another sidereal on our side. You guys don't another train sidereal. Another side. train sidereal on your side. You because you guys don't know out in character. I think at this point about gold faction and bronze faction. Uh, I I think we don't know I, what I think, those mean. Yeah, we don't know what those mean, but we know there are some sidereals that are on our side and some that don't like us. Right, because you, of the usurpation. Yeah, yeah you guys like, don't know, we know specifics. That's a thing, but we don't know the names of them. We know the silver faction. Which for the for the lunars is a thing. So you guys, you guys, you guys know about the silver pact. Pact, my bad, my bad. The silver pact and the silver faction are yes. two different. Yeah, things. I meant to say pact, but I said faction because we were just talking about the gold. Because faction. the silver faction is a thing, but it's not a it's not as big a deal as the bronze and uh, gold faction. Yeah, but there's there's talks of turning Fadi in and like stealing the card or the device, and then just there's kind of basically a question mark of what to do after that at that mm-hmm. point. So. Now we skip over to Roldo, who's, uh, he has some random underground connection or contacts that find him in our tent, and Sunshade. Uh, they tell him that the Wild Hunt found a weapon against Exults, and they're accompanied by the Mouth of Peace, which is basically the Wild Hunt Pope. Uh, the weapon is out in the east, past Holta and Lenoa. So, the guy who left the realm... Uh, got an old monk and came out. Got an old monk to come out of retirement, which is Tepid Arata. Yep. Which we've mentioned Tepid Arata before, because I actually had to deal with that when I went to go get Sergey. Because <laughs> Tepid Arata right, is Tepid the Arata. wind dancer. And Tepid Arata is the guy who was in the, the the season two preview of the old man, like standing up from the wheelchair, being like, "Well, well, I guess it's time to go." Time to come out of retirement. He's super hard based off of uh, Old Snake from Metal Gear Solid 4, the way that I played him. Mm. Well, so the Wild Hunt is headed back from the east, uh, and this guy, which I think I actually have a name on the side here, uh, Rozspech? I don't know. That's what we got in the notes. It's a weird name on here. Mentions a lot of artifacts and Rathus. Uh, he says there are these, he also mentioned these really big slugs and leeches, and there's just something there. Um, like, just something weird and special there. Mm-hmm. But there's just a, a, a lot of crazy things. I don't even know what I was trying to say here. I just have lots of crazy things like the Baroness and Rathus, too. So I think he was trying to say that there's Dragon King there. Yes, there are... Which makes sense. There's unenlightened Dragon King there. Yeah. Because Dragon King, when they're born, are just stupid fucking dinosaurs. And then you have to teach them, and then their old souls kind of... Because Dragon Kings have this unique ability where that if you kill them, their soul, when it reincarnates, it reincarnates into, like, a stupid fucking dinosaur, basically. But our Baroness is lovely. But your Baroness is lovely, but also, um... As the as they uh, gain enlightenment, which is why you all needed um, what's her uh, sunshade. This, the, the, the actual the sunshade. actual the actual sunshade, which is why you needed sunshade because sunshade is the te- is the goddess of dragon king enlightenment. Using her to enlighten dragon kings, they. I thought sunshade was a boy. No, sunshade's a girl. 
I could have sworn Sunshade was a boy because I don't know. For no, some no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sunshade is a boy. I don't know why I thought it was a girl. Sunshade's a boy because it's cute that way for Sunshade the, and the Baroness. For Sunshade and the Baroness to do, do their whole Ochi Loop bullshit. Okay. <laughs> I think I think it's cute that way. Um, I got that mixed up with something else. That's know. fine. But but basically, when did they get when the Dragon Kings get enlightened? Um, they remember all of their past incarnations. Walkie fucking them. I only remember bits and pieces. Yeah, no, everybody else only remembers bits and pieces if they're lucky. Dragon Kings have all of their memories from after they're enlightened. Yeah. And the last note for Aldo is that uh, Denensor apparently has automatons. Ah, yes. Denensor, the city, the first stage city of crafting. So it's really funny looking back at this now with his contact mentioning that there's slugs and leeches there in Rathus. I totally didn't pay attention to that for when I go to Rathus later. Right. <laughs> and that was a, a thing I really should have paid attention to. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> um, uh, I think you have to deal with the dark god Hathig Claw, which is in... This is me just pulling... I had to deal with a lot of shit on that mission. Like, like this just shows how much that I remember shit for, like, for Exalted, is I can pull, like, a fucking dark god that only appears in, like, one setting of this fucking game out of my fucking head, whereas for d and I'm like, wait a minute, I can, I can intimidate and shout people as a barbarian? Oh shit, I totally forgot I could do that at this level. Like... I just remember, like, Exalted shit, is, like, just gets duct taped into my like, brain. I love Exalted. There's a lot of things that I can vaguely remember. That's why I was like, do you remember this one thing, Brendan, like, at this place, and it looked like this, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's this, and you can rattle off. It's kind of the opposite when you're like, Christina, isn't there, like, a spell that lets you do this thing? And he's like, are you talking about this one or this one? Because only these classes could do this. And you're like, how the fuck do you remember that? I was like, it's the same thing for you and Exalted. Right? <laughs> you give me the vaguety, and I can tell you, like the more specifics of it. So. Exactly, yeah. That That's just kind of... I don't know why, but Exalted just really sticks in with me, which is super weird because it... When 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 uh, when Joe originally tried to get me to uh, play in his Exalted game, like, literally, like, in 2007 or something, I was like, this game looks fucking stupid. I don't want to play this fucking game. Oh, I, I bought the core rulebook because you said it was cool. Oh, no, this game looks fucking stupid. And now, like, shit is just stuck in there. And I, th- I, can... I think when you run the camp, when you run campaigns, you you have to deep dive into stuff. So you're reading it over and you're remembering it and you're working with the material. So it's a lot easier for you to remember. You say that, but I had a lot of trouble deep diving into Iron Kingdoms. Which is super weird because I own, like, $600 worth of Kador War Machine bullshit. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Back to this. We jump over to Talisman now, who uh, has Ranith of Diamondheart, who, reminder, he is a Twilight cast, uh, is visiting her. And he basically offers some aid with crafting, and Tally's a little bit insulted by that because you know she's kind of a master crafter who's literally set mm-hmm. up a school of crafters at he, this point. I mean he's doing that because he's canonically the bull of the north's crafter yeah so she basically gives him a list of things that uh, Ranith and his lady friend can help with uh, and this have we revealed who his lady friend is I yet? I don't remember, but uh, we're about to because it's in this note section. Oh, good. Okay, <laughs> then, then, then that's good because it's it's a big it's a uh, big fucking drop. So uh, we uh, this this person, this lady friend, is a dragon blooded, and Ranith actually remember like he realizes and kind of remembers that Tally doesn't have all her memories. So he realizes that Tally doesn't remember who she is. And uh, he, so Diego, while they're having this conversation, walks in on them, sees this lady, pulls out a weapon, and goes to attack her. Uh, there's a little bit of yelling um, from Talisman, and this is when we find out that this lady who's been around with Ranith this whole time, this I think is red-haired lady? Yes. Uh, is actually Tepid of Java. Correct. She is the 
<coughs> she's the leader of the Red Piss Legion, who... Which we've mentioned uh, before. Which we had mentioned before uh, during the Season 2 premiere, or the Season 2 teaser, uh, that they were marching on the Bull of the North uh, uh, army. Uh, they hard lose in my canon. Uh, but the Bull of the North basically takes... Basically, Tepeda Java is a smart enough character in my mind where she goes... Yo, these guys are fucking kicking our ass. We should probably surrender and see what we can get out of this. And the Bull of the North is not a bad guy in no. my canon. He's he's an old man who wants the best for the world. And he's seen his fair share of hardships. And when she surrenders and the rest of the and the rest of the of the Red Piss Legion basically instead of like my life for the realm, like Doing, like, the fucking... Um, conservation the, of life at this point. Yeah, yeah. She's basically, like, conservation of life. Like, we have lost. I surrender. Basically absorb our army into there. Because, like, the Scarlet Empress is gone. You've it's, got... It's, it's one of those things of... What are we really fighting for at this point? Are we just right. fighting to fight because the realm just does this against you guys? Why? Right, but at this point, the Scarlet Empress is gone, so you don't have the problem of the fucking Sword of Creation coming down on your ass for being a traitor. So, like, at this point, it's kind yeah, of like... Sword of Creation, right. You have... Right. You have the opportunity for a change in the status quo. We have a, change, we have a chance for somewhat harmonious relationships with some of the realm. Yes. Some of the some realm. Some of the realm. At this point... We all decide to have a council meeting, and there's a very interesting se series of events that happens after that. Diego is going through detox. Uh, Java lets us know that her legion is 10,000 strong, and she has 500 commanders that are all dragon-blooded. Uh, we find out that the Wind Dancer, aka uh, Tepid Arata, has a spear that can kill Exalted. Uh, we haven't really heard much else at this point of what's going on with him. Storm decides to give a note to an informant to contact the Bull of the North to corroborate Tepeda Java's story because she doesn't fucking believe it. Why mm -hmm. would she? <laughs> and, uh, Java says that her legion is actually up north with the Bull of the North, so it makes sense to corroborate with him. Talisman and Percival end up arguing for a while. I don't know what about. I just had they argue for quite a while. And as you know, when people start arguing, I just tune out. Percival's dad was coming to Sunshade. Oh, uh, yeah! That makes sense! That yeah. makes total sense. Yeah. That's what they're arguing yeah. about. Mm -hmm. That's what they were <laughs> arguing about. And uh, Behemoth talks to us about needing to go to the call and killing a boar and eating its heart. Mm -hmm. And the Lunars tell us that it's a third party and a fight between the Lunars and the Immaculate. Yes. So, so if you want to talk more about that, because I'm not sure about all So of the call is a, uh, that's spelled C-A-U-L, is a... I put um, two L, so I spelled it wrong. Oh no, how dare you. So that's a new island near the Blessed Isle that was added in third edition. That is a... At least I'm fairly sure that it's a new island that was added in 3rd edition. I want to say I've heard about it in the 2nd edition, but I have all three books from 1 to 3, and a lot of it blurs together for me. Right, so I, I want to say that it's something that got added in 3rd edition, but I'm not 100% sure. This is basically the main stage for the Lunars as far as combat goes, but also for the Dragonblooded, because the Dragonblooded, this is where the Immaculate Dragons, like, first ascended. Like, where the, the Elemental Dragons first, like, it's a holy site for them. But there's also something on there that the Lunars want. So it's a constant, like, back and forth on this one island. So the third party on there is the Black Boar, I think, which I did not look into at the time, which is a mistake on my part. Um, How so? The Black Boar is a demonic entity that is um, kind of a big fucking deal to the point that this singular entity is the third party in this war. Which is probably pretty good considering that it's a third circle demon. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Well, on the bright side, it never comes up again. <laughs> um, 
It does, but it's not in your notes because it was a mini session that I ran at Dream with Devin. Ah, got it. It does come up um, probably fairly soon. I'll know when that it comes up because that's when that you all find, I think, it's another Infernal. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I know yeah. exactly what he you're talking about. He was in that cave and uh, Behemoth took him ca- captive. Gotcha. Okay. Well, Behemoth also mentions the gate in Yushan in the east to us and that we need to go there to get the card. And then Star shows up and drops some information on us. Oh, what a surprise. You guys were talking about going to Yushan. So Star- so your fucking Sidereal buddy who's in Yushan, that also isn't Morgan Freeman. Um, yeah, it's not fair. Because you guys, at this point, if you guys get Foddy into the, into, actually trained. Gotta you now catch them all. You now have three fucking Sidereals on your side. Yep. One's, one's on our side, more or less because, and then also blackmail, sort of. Uh, the other one's my brother. And then the other one is, uh, would be another one of our party members' Oh no, brothers. no, fucking four. And Faith. Yeah, and Faith. Yep. I think they're all different uh, branches, they too. They are. Yeah, which is great. See, we're playing Sidereal allies just like I'm playing Sidereal skulls. Right. But, uh, yeah, so Star drops in and drops some info Wait, on us. have you gotten a Sidereal skull yet? I don't, I don't think, think so. so yet. That comes up, though. Comes no, up that does, this soon. comes up this that episode. That literally comes up this episode, the session after what, the one we're on, actually. Assassination jobs. Uh, so he mentions that the sensor in the south is a dragon that works for the celestial bureaucracy. That there's rotting stuff in a city in the south. Mm-hmm. He also brings up uh, Bangarok. Wong Bangarok. Yeah. That is the sensor of the south. Yes. Uh, he also mentions that Kjop Kjop Chake. Treetop Lumberjack. I. Try so hard to say his name correctly. Nobody else does. I try so hard. I know, I know. It's you really hard. You realize it's, there's gonna be some day where I decide to be just like everybody else and just it, fuck it, up names, but I tried so, so it, hard I know, to store. I know. It's so hard to say the names Umbop Nickelback. It's Kjop Kjak. Kjop Kjak. I can't do the CH for some reason. I know, I know it's fine. It's Kjop Kjak is the leader of the Bronze Faction. So Swan Dragon is supposed to be the sensor of the South, is the Correct. information that I have also. Star also tells us that we need to go to Yushan and accuse uh, Bangarok of basically go to him and say creation ruling mandate, which comes up. Holy shit, does that come up? That phrase, those that three-word phrase. Yes. Um, <laughs> so we learn that this dragon in the South is an old fire elemental, uh, and it turns out to be that Behemoth had been told about him as from Foddy, which I mentioned just a yes. little while ago. Oh, wow, that comes up a lot sooner than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Wayward has a concept for ten different people. Like, we're jumping away from this a little bit, back to Wayward. He has a concept for ten, ten people. He plays it with uh, Percy, Behemoth, and Storm there to kind of watch what happens and kind of keep the peace, because... At this point, like, we kind of know a little bit about this opera. We know it affects mortals mm-hmm. and possibly other things, but we don't really know what all it does. So we're just kind of there to basically be like, okay, if shit hits the fan, we got plenty of Exalted here to handle this. And it's only ten people, like. Um, but we find out that Wayward needs to play all four parts of the opera to be able to get the fifth sheet for it. Ah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then, other side notes, uh, Storm needs to go and talk to Foddy about the solar that's wandering around in Rathus, and that was harassing him. Um, and then Ranith wants Tally to help him take over Denensor. And that's it for that session, actually. Okay. Moving on to the next session, uh, is Sunday, January the 7th of 2018. So this is literally two years ago, because we're recording on the 9th now. Holy shit. Yeah. All right. Um, so we are getting really close to that Godbound switch. Yeah. I mean, the end of this notebook is the Godbound switch, which is only like three more pages. Holy crap. Yeah. And then we go to My Little Pony notebook that has all of the Godbound stuff in here. I thought you were about to say we go actually, to the no, My Little we Pony Actually, no. We actually system. go to the little. We actually switch over to Godbound 
uh, before I finish this book. But okay. the My Little Pony one is the time skip one, because that's the one that Jonathan gave me. It was just like, you need another notebook? Here, take the My Little Pony. And I was like, all right, sure, whatever. Rainbow Dash for life. Why that not? is that is the most inappropriate notebook for that after the time skip because holy shit does the game start getting dark. Yeah, it just it keeps the game bright, right? So like I said, almost two years ago from this point, we decide to break off. So part of the party is going to use Shan. As far as the solars go, it's uh, Talisman and Behemoth. And then it looks like we've got uh, Nefiti, Duflord, and Sergey going there. And to Jibe, we have Raldo Storm, Percival Wayward, Digby, and Percival's forces, some of Storm's informants, and Diego. Mm-hmm. I was mad because I wanted to go to Yushan. And they took my they took my Labrador Retriever away from me to go to Yushan. Yeah, but he was really, he's really good at bureaucracy. That's why I sent which, him there. Which I think that I probably went like, yeah, yeah, Storm, or not Storm, uh, fucking Star, or like one of the people who's been to Yushan probably would have informed you all about, like, you You might want to have someone who's really good at well, navigating Well, they mentioned bureaucracy. it, and we're all just like, well, who's good at bureaucracy? Well, we need Percival on the war front. I was like, I'm good at talking to people. No, we might need you on the war front, but I want to go to you, Shan! Fine, take Sergey. We're all like, what? No, trust me, take Sergey. Storm, are you... I want to go, but I can't. Take Sergey for reasons, Okay. So I don't think, as I was the only one who knew he knew about bureaucracy at that bureaucracy at that point. Yeah, in character, I think out of character, everyone was like, "That's adorable." Yeah. So we also find out some other stuff. Uh, according to Star Maru, uh, Maru, uh, the Solar City, Amaru is the god of Mount Maru. Um, Amaru is the god of Mount Maru. Yep. Well, so here's where everything splits off. Uh, just this line should tell you how great it was going. Talisman and Behemoth are doing great in Yushan. Hashtag sarcasm. Dot, dot, dot. Yep. <laughs> you want to explain? Uh, let me, let me read this section and then you can explain how that adventure went. Um, so they meet some celestial lions who, uh, Talisman, they basically, the celestial lions come up to them and they see Dooflord and Talisman lets them take Dooflord to go and repair him. They meet a god banker and find Ambrosia. Uh, Talisman gets it uh, quicker than Behemoth does. She finds out she gets Ambrosia quicker than Behemoth does because everybody gets Ambrosia that leaks through. Based off of how um, how quickly that you, uh, how, how much worship that you get. Yeah, which is why Waywards is disgusting. Uh, they end up interacting with this god banker, the banker god, uh, who tells them that Ambrosia is used for, like, what it's basically used for, and then also tells them where they can find Wambangarok. So they end up taking the fast lane and get stopped on the river and end up bribing them to keep going along. So if you want to tell them about how great that goes, it ends up going back later to them, but just if you want to tell them a little bit about how it goes, because the next part is when they meet 400 rabbits. Oh god. Yeah, because it, sk- okay. it skips over to Jibei and then back to Yushan. Okay, so so the way that you navigate Yushan is these kind of like cloudy like canals. Like they're literally like canals, but they're on clouds. And you have like the slow lane, and then you have the fast lane. And the fast lane obviously gets you there quicker because Yushan is about the size of the Blessed Isle, which means that things will take entire days to get to if you're not trying to get there fast. So by taking, by them just, I, I gave them the option of, oh yeah, you guys can take the regular way or you guys can take the fast way. Well, the fast pass way basically is like in real life, if you try and get on the HOV lane, well, maybe this isn't real in other states, but like around where we live, if you try and get on the, the, the fast express lane without a fucking pass, you will get pulled over by the cops, which is literally what happens to them. They get pulled over by the fucking heaven cops. And the heaven police are all like, you can't be on here, you don't have a pass, what are you doing, this is an infraction. Here's a wheelbarrow full of ambrosia. (laughs) And the cops are paid off because you can do that in this game. Bribery is totally a way to get through, um, to get through all of this stuff. The other thing to note is, is that because they don't have a bank account set up in Yushan... 
Ambrosia is literally just popping up around Talisman to the point that she is having to make a wheelbarrow out of the Ambrosia to hold all the Ambrosia that is just popping up around her. Yep. I think it was her and Wayward had, like, the most... Wayward had even more! Oh, I know, but I think it was the two of them were the highest, and then I think it was, like, Percy and me next, maybe? Because Percy had his army and stuff like that, and I had my spy network, but we... We weren't, like, we didn't have cults or anything to yeah, worship Yeah, you guys didn't have cults or anything. I think that uh, later in the game, I think Roldo kind of steps up as the new Ambrosia guy. Because Roldo eventually gets a cult. Yeah, heavy air quotes around that. Uh, he gets a cult. He gets a, well, cults become a huge thing in, uh, in Godbound. Yeah. Cults are the way you get fucking power in Godbound. We're going over to Jibei, and we decide that the quickest way to possibly end this war is to take out the general of the Jibei army. So. So. Wait, wait. You can take this hookah back real quick. Okay. So, I have worked on this game since December the 10th till January the 7th. I knew that they were going to Jibei. I have made... A months-long preparation of here's going to be all the interesting things about I'm, I'm like setting it up to have this super big war because I want to give <laughs> I want to give Percy a big a big war I have reasons for laughing as hard as I am right now <laughs> I have all of these like side things that are just like okay we're gonna do this we're gonna do that um if you guys had actually, like, faced Jibei, because Jibei's a mountain city, you guys would have been at huge disadvantages. Jibei had, like, underground, like, first-stage tram systems for transporting troops. So, like, they could just get reinforcements. Also, it's a huge war city. Like, the big thing about Jibei is, hey, are you good at swordsmanship? Yeah? Cool. You're in the fucking army. Hey, are you the best at swordsmanship? Yeah? Cool. You're the fucking leader. Like, Jibei is super cool, and I, like, had set this up as, like, a really big, like, mountain combat that was going to really, like, stress you guys <laughs> into doing it, and then this shit happens. <laughs> so, I'm going to read a little bit of the notes, and then I'm just going to fucking tell the story, because it just, I just happen to remember the story really well. So, Storm sends, because I said Storm went to Jibei with some of her informants. She sends her informants out and tell them, find out who the general is. They find out it's Sword Prince Gensu. He leaves the, the Jibei army. I think it's supposed to be uh, Sword Prince Gensuji, but I might I just be have wrong. Sword Prince Gensu in my notes, so it might be that full name instead. I, I want to say it's Sword Prince uh, Gensuji, and I think that um, because of the way that names happen around our group, everyone called him, like, Gensu Knife. Oh, I just have Ginsu. That's all I have written down is Sword Prince Ginsu. That's it. So she sends her informants out and is like, find out who the leader is. Find out his schedule. I want to know literally his day-to-day -day life, how consistent he is with his schedule. Like, if he has a sporadic schedule, so be it. But if there's something that he does fairly frequently, like if there is a pattern to his schedule, I want to know about it. So they go and do that. And at this point, we're kind of staying on the outskirts, setting up battle plans to set this all up. And Waldo and Storm's only job is to go and find this fucking general and assassinate him. That's all they were told to do. So they're like, cool. And Raldo and Storm have very particular sets of skills. When you put them together, they are a nightcast monster. <clears throat> you guys are the equivalent to having a single Essence 5 nightcast. Yeah, we are ridiculous. Um, so that's why we work really well together. So we find out his schedule. We find out one thing he does is around a certain time every day, he goes to the bathroom. A very particular bathroom for some goddamn reason. So they're like, cool, we're going to fucking assassinate him in the bathroom. Uh -huh. So Raldo sets up it as a corner. I think he disguised himself as one of the one of the one of the guards. Or, one of the guards or someone in the army. Storm literally goes into the bathroom, goes up into the rafters, and just chills up there. And just as quiet as can be, and just stays up there for it. So eventually, the, and we even had a backup plan in case this dude, like, came in and able to get out because he was around the corner. Storm has this ability where she can shift through doors. So I picked that up because it was an awesome ability. So had this not worked, she would have rolled out, shifted through the door, gone off to the side, and if he came out, Raldo would have been there to shoot him. 
because mm-hmm. he's. I think he picked up some uh, range charms. Rolo was uh, archery. Yeah, because he had archery and larceny. That was literally his whole build. So, and then while he was distracted by that, Storm was right around the corner. Would have us. I would have went in on him. So we had a backup plan in case the plan failed, which we assumed that was probably what was going to happen. We weren't prepared for what actually happened. You guys rolling really well? Yeah. So he comes in, Storm goes down, takes her hook swords, and just fucking decapitates this dude. The bathroom door opens and his head just lobs out. So when that happens, he actually turns into another person. Um, One of the sidereals of battle. Yep. And we just, I one-shot murked this uh, uh, general that we thought was just a general, but it was actually a sidereal who had taken his place. So Storm's like, cool, I have a head. We're going to show this and be like, we f- killed your fucking general. Surrender, or you're next. And because of the way that Jibei works with, are you the strongest sword guy? Yeah? Okay, we follow you. It's one of those, this is the head of your leader. Wasn't actually your leader. Was, but wasn't. It's actually a sidereal of battles. And guess what? I took him out in one shot. Fight me, bro. Jimei's not gonna fight you. Like, it... They're very much like... They're gonna stick to their... It's more of a thing of... Because that you did... If you had done this to any other... In any other city, it would not have worked. Yeah. But because Jimei is culturally a, like... Kind of like a meritocracy and like a warrior culture. Because you had done that, they just kind of went, fuck, okay. But that's not all. So this dude happened to have two uh, diclaves on him. One was a soul steel blade and the other was a moon silver blade. So, because we decided to go through his body because we're fucking gonna do that. Why not? Uh, Raldo's like, you got the kill, you pick the blade you want. And I was like, I don't use either one of these. However... A moon silver grand diclave would be great for Sergey, so I will take that. And Rolda took the soul steel one. Yes, and the soul. Uh, <clears throat> mm. I'll get. I have the name written down here. Okay. We also find Denonzor documents from Kajak Kajak uh, on the general, um, and we found out that this general was not only a scenario of battles, but he was part of the bronze faction. Correct. And so this moon silver reaper diclave is a rank four artifact named the Flying Silver Dream. And basically, because we killed him, the army surrendered, and we secured the city. Mm-hmm. So. Do you have the name of the uh, the Soulsteel one? I do not have the so name of it. So the name of the Soulsteel one is a reference. It's called Yamato, the Black Blade, which is a reference to Virgil from uh, Devil May Cry's sword, the Yamato, oh. which is a sword that can cut dimensions. <laughs> which is why that it is terrifying in Raldo's hands. Because it basically gave him fucking mage correspondence powers. Yeah. I mean, I didn't need either one of them. I wasn't about to use either one of them. I took the one for my boo. Also, you guys were pretty spooked by Soul Steel, besides Raldo. Most of you, like, kind of went, oh, that's Soul Steel? Mm-mm. Oh, I didn't care. It was more of just, like, weird to me. Yeah. Like, the rest of the group was, like, super spooked but by you, Soul Steel. But the thing about Storm's background and what she did for a living. So, like, it made sense that the two nightcasts were just, like, eh mm-hmm. about it. Where everybody else was just like, nah, man, fuck this. Back to you, Sean. You, Sean. For the search for Wong Bang Rock. They end up talking to. Well, so. I say they. It's really, you know, talisman, behemoth, and Sergei. So it's still a they, but it's not like as big a group as what went to G-Bay. Uh, they end up talking to the receptionist. Shenanigans ensue. And then they go to talk to the god, the famine god regarding the famine in a city and about Bangrock. They find out that Nexus has prayer farms, which was a reminder to me listening out of character because Star had, Star, uh, Star had told me that. And uh, then they go to the fertility goddess to get her to go and help with the famine city. Then they go back to the receptionist to get Bangrock's schedule. And uh, they also find out that, you know, there's a pagoda for them to go to Bangrock's. Okay. Then they meet 400 rabbits. So I think that one of the things, uh, before I get on to 400 rabbits, but one of the things is that because... 
they're not super adept at navigating Yushan. This is literally their first time there. I think that they went to, like, the right district, but the wrong building. Yeah. So, like, it turned into this, like, cubicle nightmare of, like, yeah, no, we've got to find this guy. And, like, someone just went, you're in the wrong, like, you're at the wrong bureau. I mean, they had to talk to, I think it's the same receptionist twice, or different receptionists. I can't remember. But they had to talk to some receptionists a couple times. So, for 400 rabbits, they were, didn't, didn't, they give, didn't he give them eggs that had shit in them? Yes. Yes, yes, they did. Okay. Well, Behemoth gets a test tube with an embryo uh, in them that he's supposed to give to the Baroness. And Talisman gets a bunch of notes from friends. It's their last thoughts before the shadows took them. Uh, some wine, some chocolate... Uh, and then someone also gets Shinobu's skull. I think it was Sergei who got it. Right. Um, which adds to Storm's skull collection. <laughs> yeah, I didn't write a lot down about 400 rounds because it okay. got weird. So, when I say, when, when, when Christina says it got weird, I mean it got weird. Uh, 400 rabbits is described as... Almost like an animatronic rabbit costume. Like, the, the kind of, like, almost like a Five Nights at Freddy's monstrosity. Except it's constantly shifting and moving in weird ways and, like, extending its arms. And it's just like, whoa. No, that's not my form. Hi, Behemoth. How are you doing today? And it'd just be like, and then it stretches its, ra its rabbit costume way farther than it should and it brings you in close yeah i didn't write a lot he about is... it because it was one of those things of like i'm gonna let you guys experience this we all i need to know it was 400 rabbits and it I, was... my brain space will remember that it was extraordinarily creepy and everyone was disturbed by it and uh he is the god of drunken revelry yep makes sense they finally get to the correct bureau by the way they talk to that secretary to get directions to Bangarok, and we find out that the secretary doesn't like Amoth, which has come up before. That name has come up because that is uh, Storm's middle sister. Uh, she is the exigent of Amoth City Spider. We find out that Amoth is Bangarok's supervisor, um, and we find out the secretary doesn't like Amoth or Bangarok, so she is like, here, here's where he's at. You want to put him out of business? Here you go. Yeah, because she's trying to get back at Amoth, because Amoth's... His entire thing is smiting fucking cities. Like, he's kind of a dick. So they go and confront Mangarok and get him taken out of office, and then they put Neftolius in his place, who they had also brought up to Yushan with him. And she says she'll... She kind of begrudgingly agrees to do it on the condition that a Seiyu will come up there to protect her until we can get Swan Dragon back up there to take the place again. So I just realized something. What? We totally missed the point when that you were talking to the God of Famine and everything. What did he was like? Oh, yeah, because I didn't make details on it. So he was an old man who had a crap ton of paperwork that he was getting to because once he's done with his paperwork, the famine ends. And he's got, like, prayer... And, like, Nexus, as they had mentioned before, has prayer farms going on yep. that are like, hey... Don't get to this paperwork. Let this city suffer for a little bit. Well, the thing is, is that he's already a slow old man, and now he's being bribed not to do things. So I believe Behemoth takes some of his paperwork and, like, lights it on fire. And I the do remember a fire. And the old man's response is, No, don't do that. I'll get really high. Because he's like, if you light his paperwork on fire, he's just breathing in, like, noxious fumes. And But because he's a god, he's, like, air quotes immune to it. But it's basically him getting high off of his own famine juice. And it's like, I recall everybody hating that NPC because I refused to speak at my normal speed. It was just, hello. How are you all doing? And we're like, can you just talk faster? We got we got places to be, people I to, can't do to, that. to like, take out this of office. This is as fast as I can talk. I'm going to burn your paperwork. No, I'll get too high if you do that. I think they burned a lot of paperwork. They burnt a lot of papers and that dude got super high. But they burnt the papers that needed to stop the famine, so... It all win. worked out for us in the end. 
That's all that matters. <laughs> that's all that matters. Um, but that's actually the end of the session for that one. So, what the, we're missing on that whole session, though, because is the amount of times that... We might, to get we out might of, not be able to get to this next session. We, right. we probably will not, because the, every single time that they got in trouble... Talisman, instead of bureaucracying her way through or anything. I left them a note. Storm left them a note about how to deal with this situation. And, ugh. Yeah, but they took what Star said completely literally. Did you get in trouble? Talisman. Creation ruling mandate. So, the creation ruling mandate. Hugh, Christina just face palming while she's trying to take notes. The creation ruling mandate is a law handed down by the unconquered sun with which only solars can invoke, which says, I know better than you. Basically says in the most um, what, like literal terms, yeah. I know better than you. The sun has empowered me to know better than you. Fuck you. How dare you question my solar sun-given authority. And we're trying to relatively play nice and make allies with the Sidereals. So them going around and literally screaming at people, creation ruling mandate, is not fucking helping. Oh, it's helping in its own weird way. The gold faction is taking notice of you guys. But it's also the bronze faction is taking notice of you guys. They both decided to let subtlety go out the window. Which works and doesn't in their favor. Like, they get through it unscathed, more or less. If I recall, the way that they dealt with Wong Bangarok is they actually called the the auditors on him. Yep, I'm pretty sure. And basically what ended up happening is uh, I took all of the... all of the... Tra- all of the bad shit that Talisman and Behemoth and Sergei had done throughout Yushan versus literally Wong Bangarok's corruption rating if someone figures out of it. Uh, Figures out about it. So, he was at a 5. If the group exceeded 5 in transaction, in like transgressions, they would not be able to get Wong Bangarok uh, like displaced. Yeah. But because... They were at, I think, a three. Basically, what ended up happening is they went, yeah, if you guys, like, start owning property here, we're going to tax you a little bit harder for a couple years. And then, you know, and then, like, that'll pay off your transcription. Pay off your your We get ambrosia like nobody's business. Yeah, you guys get ambrosia like nobody's business. It doesn't fucking matter. And it gets even more made a moot point once you guys bring Wayward up there. Yeah. But right now, it's like... It was basically like a like like a tally mark, like Wong Bang Rocks at a five. Like that's his big thing. If you guys exceed five, you can't beat this mission. Actually I think it's if they hit five, they can't beat that mission. Because then we're considered just as bad as him on that level. Exactly. And the auditors do not care at that point. They are hard, like true neutral bureaucrats. Next session. Sunday. February the 4th, 2018. Penitent, a.k.a. the LAP, directional it's... control modules. Well, so you got uh, the directional control modules, Yushan stuff for a.k.a. the LAP. Uh, Tally is trying to find a way to basically make a mech or divert a natural disaster. Not entirely sure what that was about, but that's what's written. Okay. Uh, so we decide not to engage the wild hunt. Surprise, surprise. Uh, and we are disguising some, someone as Sword Prince Ginsu and letting the Wild Hunt, basically disguising someone as the general, letting the Wild Hunt come through and just, like, go as we all head back to Sunshade. Right, because your whole, so basically the whole story plot of that was going to be that if you guys managed to take Jibei and stayed there... You guys would have also had to have dealt with the wild hunt then coming the next game. Yeah. So it was just easy to disguise someone. Be but like, because you guys pretend left, to be the general. Make everything look normal. Don't let the wild hunt catch on. We're going back to Sunshade. Bye. So, uh, spoilers here. Um, that does not work. Yeah. Because it's a scenario of battles and you guys should have known that wouldn't have worked. 
I mean, you had to try. We had to try. It was worth a shot, but whatever. Which causes you guys to have a fight in G-Bay later. Yeah, but that's a later problem. As they're leaving uh, Yushan, I think it was, we find out that Dooflord had babies. There was a Black Jade, an Orchalcum, and a Star Metal one. Mm-hmm. And they can't give Dooflord back to Talisman, so she has to choose one because of the Because he's a celestial lion who has to guard the gates. Yeah, and he's fixed now, so he can't come back, because you can't have an, a superpower celestial lion uh, in the party. I've never been so guilt-tripped by my wife in my fucking life. And I'm talking about, like, real shit, real-life bullshit that I've pulled where that she is, like, maybe not guilt-tripped me, but, like, I've never felt so bad about literally telling my wife no in my life. But she got to choose one of the puppers uh, to take with her. We end up sending a Seiyu up there to be with Natolius, you know. Storm goes and checks on the orphans. Tally tells us what happened to Yushan and what happened with Doof. Talks about yelling out creation ruling man. Yeah, and now she times. has the Doof Prince. That's what she named her new puppers. Um, and she tells us about our mons that's up in Yushan. And they give the Baroness the embryo from 400 Rabbits. Oh, right, the embryo. Yep. Uh, so then we discuss... That the... is unfortunately a plot line that gets dropped because at this point in... Uh, so, uh, I think that we've kind of mentioned this, but there's a point, uh, basically, uh, before the time skip, uh, John and Craig, uh, move. They move, like, three and a half miles south of us. They can't make it to games anymore. Uh, this is a plot point that I brought up for John and Craig, and it unfortunately has to get dropped because... Those players are no longer with us. Yeah. Uh, the the actual thing that I was going for is is that the embryo was something that uh, the Baroness had 400 rabbits make by sneakily, uh, d- like during calibration, stealing bits of you all to make a perfect uh, solar base. I think she actually just came up to Storm and was like, can I have some of your blood or some hay right, or right. something like she, that? She did that, but she can't, but she doesn't have the magics to do it. So she brought it up to her buddy to make the embryo. Yeah, because she straight up, I think, just asked Storm because there was no point in her not. Yeah. And Storm's like, sure, what do you need this for? And she's like, I need it to make a thing. Can I have it? And I was like... Sure, but you're going to tell me about it later. Weird flex, but okay. Yeah, it's one of those, sure, you've done enough for me, I'll help you with this thing, but you better tell me what the fuck this is for later. Mm -hmm. Which I assume she planned to actually do. She did plan to actually tell you all. Uh, Like, if there's ever, like, a point where you mention an NPC that I totally forgot about, I might just go, oh, that was the fucking kid! But, like, I don't think it ever gets brought up again, because... Again, after the time skip, the only original character from the first uh, half of the game is Storm. Yeah, isn't Jake there for a little while, though? Oh, no, you're right. Raldo is there for a little bit. Yeah. It's it's just the night cast that are there. It's just that I kind of forget that Jake's there because Jake... Jake, once we uh, start moving uh, sessions from certain places... um, Jake's, basically, we had to, basically, Jake's, I think that at this point, Jake's schedule had flipped again. Yeah. So it became harder for him to show up to uh, certain games, and it just, like, it was like, hey, are we running at Christina's place? Yeah, Jake can't make it. Are we running in, in... Uh, at, at any other person's pretty, place? Pretty, pretty much anywhere that isn't, you know, Fredericksburg or Culpeper at that point. Right. I, I, I was trying to avoid where the, where that we were, but... I think people know we live in Virginia. Okay, so. yeah, that's fair. I didn't say which place was which. <laughs> that's fair. So we discuss our next plan of action, because we've got so much that we could be doing right now. Uh, we talk about Densor, Storm gives Sergei the Moon Silver Reaper Diaclave, Rana tells us about how Denisor was used, used to be a crafting hub, but no one wants to go there anymore. Uh, we talk of sending golems to Denzor because they wouldn't be affected by the bullshit that's going there. Um, and then, like, Talisman decides to build some golems. Mm-hmm. 
Storm gets some info on Rathos from Baroness. It's that there's a location of an observatory. Uh, it's like a reincarnation. That reincarnation is a thing. And the place is all over. This is where you learn about uh, Dragon King reincarnation. Yeah. The the place is overgrown. Uh, they don't use the underground anything there, uh, which is kind of unfortunate because about 90% of the city is underground. But it's got an observatory and pyramids that are above ground. And we find out that Raptox and other creatures are cold-blooded, which we already knew anyways. But we're just kind of reminded of it. Uh, so basically that's why they lived underground, and most of it was underground, because the sun makes them sluggish. Baroness uh, mentions that she felt a, a sun exult, aka a solar, there, but uh, it was driven away by lunar and beast men that hanged in the trees, that, that were like hung in trees as warnings. But that solar presence that was there hasn't left yet. Correct. So, that, that gets uh, brought up later. Yep. Uh, we all decided to kind of do our own separate things before we go to Yushan. We're back to hunting down a corruption lead that we heard about, apparently. So, we all go to Yushan. Uh, Storm decides to get a book of the rules for Yushan, in case we have to lawyer some shit. Uh, and we... What a good idea. Yeah. Weird, huh? We also have to save Wayward from drowning in Ambrosia. Because that was a thing that happened. Weird. I guess that's what happens when you have uh, five dots in coal. Right? Uh, And then we end up going to Armand's. So while we're in Armand's, our lovely, lovely friends, uh, Chajok Kajak and his assistant. I uh, I think you're pronouncing that wrong. I'm not saying tree chop. Well, I can't even say it wrong. Tree chop lumberjack. Yeah, I can't even say it wrong because I conditioned myself to say it. Dotar Sojak. We had some really weird names for him, man. I think my favorite was still Umbak Nickelback. Umbak Nickelback. Uh, but basically, we're in the mons and we get a knock at the door, and it's them. They're at our door, so the assistant is signing info to him about stuff going on, and she's talking about the new person that they need for the battle scenario that, you know, Storm might have murdered. And then he gets, and then the... Which is your fucking hint that the Jibei shit did not work. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Uh, so Chijok Kajak gives us uh, the exact directions to his monks, which I feel like was a ploy. And uh, so we end up learning at that point that, uh, I think it was Storm who actually learned it because she knows martial arts and that was her, uh, supernal ability was actually martial arts. That he uses charcoal march of spiders. Which is a fucking broke-ass martial art. Uh, I'll let you tell about it in just a second. I don't think you've actually gone in depth about what that shit does either. No, I have not. But we also learn, fun fact, uh, that he is also the mouth of peace that we've been hearing about. Uh, and Percy's actually tells us about what this assistant has been signing. We kind of decide from there that we're heading to the north for the next session. And that's actually the end of that session. Okay. So. And so here's the reason I f- hate and love Charcoal March of Spiders. So Charcoal March of Spiders is a sidereal martial art that allows you to basically... Uh, embody the essence of pattern spiders, which we've mentioned before. Yep. Pattern spiders are the things that make up the loom of fate. The loom of fate is basically the essence of creation and determines all of the laws of physics. He has a martial art that lets him basically fuck with physics. It's not... All sedarial martial arts allow you to fuck with physics on, on some level. But, canonically, Charcoal March of Spiders allows you to literally just... Punch a person out of existence. <coughs> it's great and disgusting. It's great so, if it's on your side. It's horrible if it's on the other side. In second edition, there is a charm combo that uses charcoal march of spiders that the creators of Exalted actually gave to Chajop Kajak. And the charm combo is on the forums called Creation Slaying Oblivion Kick. Because it is a combo that allows you to mix Charcoal March of Spiders, which allows you to attack everyone that you can see, 
perfectly with a kick that will, like, basically destroy their entire existence. And then you, like, put that with rank 5 or essence 5 awareness charms that allow you to see everything in existence. If you combine these two, you can theoretically see everything and kick it out of existence at the same time. Like I said, it is disgusting. a single it is a single attack that can kill everything in creation. This is the level of bullshit that we're dealing with with Exalted. Yep. And why I love that martial art and hate it all at like, once. Like, this is fucking Superboy Prime levels of bullshit. This is Crisis on Infinite Earth level of bullshit. Yep. This is bullshit. Yeah, th th no, no. A fucking Thanos snap does not have, like... I know. It's, it's like, the baby version of it. It's a... Yeah, no. The, Th the Thanos snap is, like, the baby version of Creation Slaying Oblivion Kick. Because cre because the idea of creation is, is that it's the one spot in the wild that isn't fucked up. It's the one spot in the wild that is static in big air quotes. There's no parallel universes. There's no multiple planets. It's this one spot, and that's all you get to Our deal with. Our flat world. Your, your beautiful-ass flat world. <laughs> it is terrifying, and that is the beauty of Exalted, is it allows for these kinds of literal insanity. literal insanity going on. I mean, like, the capstone ability for, uh, uh, it's the one that I was gonna do if Storm ever died, where you can use, like, fans and silks and stuff like that. And, like, the capstone abilities, you turn into a fucking dragon. Um, I can't think. Dreaming Pearl Cortisone. Dreaming Pearl Cortisone, yeah. that's what the it is. The capstone ability is you turn into a fucking, like, oriental-style dragon. Like, this is the levels of ridiculous that it is. This is a martial art that you can do. Yeah. And it's not even a sidereal martial art. Yeah. So, are we gonna end it there? Yeah, I, I we got through three sessions, and then we can do Thorns next session, and then we get to introduce, you know... Bull of the North... Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we are rapidly coming up on, uh... Yeah. Some bullshit. I'm just, I'm taking a peek, and I'm, it has, it mentions some stuff, but yeah, that definitely, uh, we can talk about thorns and stuff in the next session. Yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can, uh, get some power to my old thing and actually show you the, uh, that thorn session. The thorn session is fucking phenomenal. Okay. It is, it is legitimately one of my favorite sessions that I've ever run in my life of anything. Right. So, for Pair of Dice Lost podcasting channel, uh, I've been Brendan. This has been Christina. And always remember to let the good dice roll, guys. <laughs>